can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. G'day folks, Peter here, joined by Shane. G'day Shane, how are you? G'day Peter, pretty good, thank you very much. And Fantastic, yourself? oh, doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Yeah. Living the dream today? Oh, that's what I keep telling myself, <laughs> what I keep saying. Hey, do you want to talk about something that can be pretty revolting in pools? Oh, why not me? Dead animals. Yummy. Mm, I think we should probably warn the listeners that then this might go a little bit dark. It might go a little bit revolting, but um, given but some of the, it does, and seeing mm. some of the stuff we have to deal with, it's uh, worth looking at. Yes, uh, being summer here, this is when all the spiders and cockroaches and everything come out in numbers. So it's when a lot of people have their pest control done, and they'll often also have um, rat baits put out at the mm-hmm. same time all the pest control contractors there and a lot of these will make the rats seek out water and of course if you've got a nice big swimming pool in the backyard the rat will jump in and ultimately die so yeah. rats and mice are probably the most common dead animals we face in pools yes. uh, i've seen a lot of live animals spiders snakes uh things like that uh, I once saw a scorpion, but can't can't remember where on earth that was. Uh, in the skimmer basket, it's uh, I always check before I put my hand in the skimmer to empty it out. Uh, in regards to um, spiders, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Australia is known for um, the land of anything that can pretty much kill you in the sea and on the land. Yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> so if um, you know. Did, your approach, you know, your initial approach is that, you know, you, you lift the skimmer lid off, you investigate, yep. you know, Robin chucking your hand straight in there, lifting up the skimmer basket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a situation where the skimmer basket's full of leaves, yep. you know, and you can't really see what's underneath, you know, what, what kind of, you know, what, what kind of things do you have in place for that? PVC gloves to go up to right. about my elbow. Yes. Yep. Um, they're chemically resistant, so they're also good for PPE, personal protective equipment, if you're using uh, certain chemicals. Um, but definitely, I've got PVC gloves. Mm. Yeah, just that layer of protection. If there's something like a snake, it's probably not going to stop it, but that's not something we see very commonly at all. Yes. Uh, if I do see a snake and I can't identify it as harmless, and frankly, we've got, what is it, nine out of the 10 deadliest snake species in the world here. Um, I actually have snake catches on fast dial on my phone. Okay. Give them a call and uh, it's arranged with the customers. Look, there's a snake. I can get someone out to get rid of it or you can yes. deal with it yourself. I'm not touching it. A friend of mine was bitten by a dugite a, oh, a couple of months ago, I guess. And Jugite's a type of brown snake. 
and uh, it's deadly. Are pretty deadly. Uh, it's deadly, absolutely. Mm. And she was very fortunate, even though she didn't get immediate first aid, she did get to hospital. Uh, she did end up in a coma, but survived it. Uh, now it's just waiting to see if it's caused any permanent organ damage or anything like that. Yes. So um, big tip, my, I'm big on first aid training. I think anyone who works in a job like ours should have first aid training. You never know if you're going to need to use it on yourself or someone else. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, it's um, a lot can go wrong. Yeah. Any crocodiles in pools? No, we're too far like south. We're, we're too far south for that. Okay. Uh, I've heard stories from the north of the state, up in the tropics, where you get the crocs. And some of them are big bastards, some of the big saltwater crocodiles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd even call someone. I think I'd just run screaming from the yard if I saw one of those. <laughs> uh, they're they're freaking enormous. Yes. Yeah, they are. Um, but I believe they're the biggest reptile in the world, the saltwater crocodile. Much mm. bigger than your caiman or your alligator or your freshwater croc, uh, and they can get pretty damn vicious. Yep. Um, so, no, fortunately, none of those. Uh, yes. We see the occasional bird in a pool. Uh, I had one, I met with one pool technician at a distributor's uh, product launch one night, and this one gets a little bit gross. And he got called out to a job where their suction cleaner wasn't working. And he got it all sorted out. And the family, a father, mother, and uh, I believe a four or five-year-old daughter, came mm -hmm. out and one of them said, oh, you've got it working. What was the problem? He says, oh, there was a dead cat in there. And it turned out to be the family pet, the, the kitten that had been sucked into this bottom of the uh, suction cleaner. Mm -hmm. And poor little girl was just in tears because she was worried about her pet kitten. And to find out that's how it was dispatched as it were mm. um yeah and I, th I just thought show a little bit of tact show a little bit of compassion and respect yeah, to kids yeah, definitely. so uh biggest animal i've ever had to pull out of a pool was a sheep oh wow it was on a rural property and there was a dead sheep in the pool oh my gosh now there in there rural property somebody probably left a gate open and wandered in who right. knows tried to drink and fell in could have been any number of things yes, uh, yep. it had been there for ages uh, it actually came out in pieces um yeah it was just falling apart so um the, the stench was off the charts yeah i can imagine this was uh, a clean up for yourself or one of your techs Oh, that was uh before i had anyone on that was years ago so uh, oh yes i yep. had the pleasure myself <laughs> uh, mind you, if you're putting someone on, that'd be a hell of a baptism of fire for them, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Here, go get that dead sheep out and sort the water. <laughs> but when there's something that big, that far gone, you've got to treat it as the uh, worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, a few, I'm losing track of time here. A while back, uh, Rudy and Andrew did a an episode on Flock at Fridays. Mm. It was discussing copper chemistry and also how to deal with a pool after there's been a dead body in it. Yes. And I'd follow exactly that um, that way of doing things, exactly that approach for dealing with something like a dead animal, especially of that size. You know, if it's a rat that fell in the day before, I think that would be much simpler. 
mm-hmm. you don't know what bacteria is growing in this pool or viruses or whatever. So, yeah, that was the full pH down to 7.5, chlorine over 20 parts per million. Leave nice. it there for 12 and three quarter hours and, uh, you know, sanitize the equipment, leave it in the pool so it's sanitized. Mm. But this one took so much cleaning up before I could even maintain that chlorine level. Right, it okay. Just, oh, it was just revolting. Randos. Yeah, yeah. So um, fortunately, yeah. it was rural property. They had an excavator or a backhoe on a tractor, and they just backed that up and everything could go in there, and they took it off and buried <laughs> it on the farm. So uh, I wouldn't want to have to put that one in the uh, in the bin out the back of the workshop. <laughs> Probably get health violations. <laughs> Probably. Mm. Yeah. So what about New Zealand? You aren't known for having the big ferocious no, animals? No, not, not too many deadly animals over here, luckily. Um, so there is probably around autumn time. Um, there seems to be, I don't know what it is, um, the hedgehogs, they come out to play. As my little boy calls them, hedgecocks. Um, they come out to play. Not big and uh, ferocious at all. <laughs> Not very scary, luckily. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, they do have a tendency of falling in swimming pools. Um, luckily, I've rescued a couple in the past myself. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the fatality rate seems to be a lot higher than the uh, the, the survival rate when they, when they fall in. You tend, tend to find that a lot of people swim in pools. You know, there's no... There's no big enough step for them to kind of climb up out of the swimming pool. Yeah. Um, so once they're in there, you know, it, they're in there unless somebody's rescuing them. We see that a lot uh, with ducklings. Ducklings. The, the mm-hmm. mother duck can fly away. Ducklings, yes. of course, it can't fly yet. They sit in there. Yep. Uh, and you may have seen some of the duck repellent uh, products. Uh, largely benzylconium chloride, so they've uh, got a surfactant effect, and they make it more difficult for the ducks to swim. So yes. again, parent ducks fly off. The ducklings, though, can't fly, so they ultimately drown. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's one of the reasons I don't use those products. Right, okay, yes. Uh, that and also the warning that says, do not use during swimming season. That's a bit of a giveaway that something might be a little bit hazardous, <laughs> even though the safety data sheet doesn't doesn't mention any hazards. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Going back to the hedgehogs. Mm. Um, yeah, they are pretty common to find in pools, especially in Auckland. Um, they tend to. Um, it's it's quite interesting seeing a hedgehog in the pool because they are pretty good swimmers, believe it or not. Okay. And they've got these tiny little legs. Um, just giving it a little hedgehog paddle, you know, looking like a dog, you know, a little yep. dog swimming around uh but they are pretty good swimmers um but yeah i mean if they're if they're left in there long enough obviously they're going to run out of breath get sucked up into the skimmer and then you know when somebody comes around there they're usually puffed up like a little beach ball unfortunately um something must be happening to the gases inside the stomach Mm. um and yeah then it's their uh the needles start falling off getting caught everywhere it's probably not up there with your sheep but it's it's pretty messy you know and it, they've got this distinct smell as well of being quite, yeah you can kind of kind of tell you know it's yeah there's 
it's a smell of you know decomposing animal basically yeah um folks they seem to be um yeah more rural uh but they are quite common um, uh see i don't know anything of the geography in your area but here there's a lot of wetlands there's a lot of uh mm. there's a couple of rivers going through much of the metropolitan area so we get yes. frogs all the time really or very very common yes yeah and poisonous uh, or harmless uh harmless as far as i'm aware Okay. Um, just can be a no, bit of a pain in the ass to catch if they swing around a pool you're trying to get serviced. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had one customer. This is a funny one. And before she bought her house, I did an inspection on the pool, found everything was working except for a light. So that was all good. She gave me a call about 14 months later, as I remember, saying, oh, the pool's not clean. I said, okay, take me a photo up close so I can see it. So she took me a photo of this pool from, uh, I guess it must have been 40 feet away. I said, mm-hmm. no, close up, right up to the pool. So she sent me another photo half of that distance. And the water, uh, it was hard to tell with the reflections on it, but it looked really dark and a bit gungy. Yeah. And I said, look, I'm passing through the area. I'll have a look tomorrow. But your pool's only three quarters full. You need to top it up to the very top, above the skimmer box opening, right up to the top. Mm. Went out there. The water was black. First thing, and I had one of my technicians with me, and first thing that uh, that she did was scooped an entire bucket full of late-stage tadpoles out, which we then put in a, a... little lake just up the road yes uh there must have been 50 so basically we're talking a frog that's still got the remnants of a tadpole tail yes a hell of a lot of those and then she's tried blaming me saying oh you said the pool was in good condition i said yeah that was 14 months ago when it was still being run every day uh this customer has their own very special set of challenges (laughs) brings their set of challenges i should say yeah yeah frogs um i've mentioned before uh, fish pond pool. I um, got called out by another pool service to help them, uh, advise them what to do with a particular pool. And it turns out that five years previously, the owner of the property who had just bought it decided he didn't want to maintain a pool, so he stocked it with goldfish. Now, this pool was put in, I think, in the 80s, and the fashion at the time here was to have granite rocks along the edge of the pool with garden behind it. Yes. But the way they were built, invariably, when it rained, sand had washed into the pool from the garden. There were a lot of leaves and rubbish falling in. Uh, I actually took four truck load, uh, four trailer loads, seven by four foot trailer loads to the council tip, the rubbish dump, mm. of organic debris from this pool. I had a local uh, local pet store come and they got all the fish and took it off. But yeah, uh, I think it was four loads of rubbish. Uh, it then massive, massive cleanup job. Yes. But, uh, tell you what, a uh, couple of the fish that got missed, they can stink pretty badly. But he never had to feed these fish. There was enough algae growing from the nutrients in the organic debris to yes. pr- produce its own ecosystem. Wow. So that was uh, one of the more interesting ones I've uh, I've faced for a while. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What type of fish were in there? Goldfish. 
Oh, really? Standard goldfish? Standard goldfish. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was uh, – that was a big job. That took a few days. Mm, yeah, I can imagine. So – Only encountered, excuse me, only encountered it one time uh, before. But um, yeah, in regards to that, there was you know there was there was no smell coming off. Um, didn't even notice it. And just see, it, it was floating around in the skimmer as the skimmer was on. It was kind of swirling around. Yeah. Um, the body had decomposed quite a bit, but you could see the bones on the wings. Yeah. Um, very interesting, actually. But yeah, that's. that's Probably it for what I've seen in New Zealand, hedgehogs, frogs, um, mice. Yep. They can be um yeah, they can be in pools any every now and then. Mm. Now rats are a very big one here. Yes. Uh it's there's still a lot of houses uh which have palm trees in the backyard and a lot of them will drop mm. these horrible little berries. And they attract rats. In fact, our local council, the local government, sent out a letter to all residents quite a few years ago saying, if you've got palm trees, make sure you clean these up because there was actually a rat plague at the time and they were feeding on this stuff. So again, so important to look around the pool and find anything that could cause a potential problem. Yes. So. Is mosquito larvae a... um an issue over there for yourself, you know, if you go oh. into green pools. Um, if I don't maintain the pool uh, or if the pool isn't being maintained, then, yeah, a lot of mosquito yes. larvae. And, of course, they can carry disease. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a concern. Uh, we get a lot of little boatmen. Uh, oh, don't know yes. what they call them elsewhere, but little cigar-shaped uh, critters with a arm on each side that looks like an oar. So boatmen, uh, but they will live in perfectly treated pool water. Yes. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to actually play with them. Uh, we'd get get a little bucket, put them in there and watch them swim around the little bucket and throw them back <laughs> in the pool. <laughs> I was about five. Come on. <laughs> I'll believe you, mate. <laughs> well, last week, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're most of the animals we find. It's <clears throat> I actually find some of the live stuff worse to deal with than the dead stuff. Yeah. Especially if it's something that's bitey. Yeah, I can imagine. I've, I've been to Australia once and, um, yeah, it's – I mean, you can hear about all the, um, you know, the, the crazy living things which are in Australia and the animals. And, um, yes, it, you've got to actually go there. And experience it, you know. The the spiders are just everywhere. I find. Oh yeah, 
everywhere. And it's, yeah, it's always in the back of your mind, you know, please don't bite me. Am I going to be all right camping in this area? So I can imagine what it's like for yourselves, you know, people on the road like yourselves, mm. going into backyard pools, you know, nine times out of ten, there's going to be something in there, you know, whether it is spiders, maybe not in the pools, but in the gardens. Yeah. So it's, uh, yes, it'd be a bit, bit of a worrying thought for myself. Maybe because I'm British and I'm a bit, bit of a pussy when it comes to things like that. But <laughs> you guys, I guess being being brought up in Australia, you yeah, you're brought up with it, you adapt to it, you know. Yeah, the the worst ones though are the drop bears. Uh, the which ones are drop bears? Okay, is that the bears that just fall out the trees? Well, they don't just fall out; they jump out. They're a, like a koala, <laughs> but they're carnivorous. Really. And what we tell tourists, completely fictional, of course, but what we tell tourists is that in order to be safe from them, you need to smear some Vegemite on the back of your ears. And then it's repelled by the Vegemite and it won't attack you. And uh, I've heard stories of people actually convincing tourists to stick Vegemite on the back of their ears. Uh, I've never managed to get someone to do it, though. I've never managed that <laughs> when I've had family or friends over from other countries. Yeah. But on the plus side, we don't have any of the big cats that you find in, you know, mountain lions in North America or mm. Asia or Africa has got their fair share of big cats. We don't have bears yes. here. Yeah. Uh, in the desert, there's plagues of camels and they can get quite aggressive, I've been told. Right. Okay. Uh, a kangaroo can easily kill a person if they want to. Yeah, I've seen them. Um, I've actually seen them get aggressive. It's yeah. very interesting to watch. Mm. Uh, so none of those big predators. Uh, the only uh, none of the you know cats or bears or whatever. The um, biggest by size would have to be uh, some of the crocodiles, and obviously in the ocean, uh, there's lots of stuff that would make a meal of you. Mm. Uh, sharks and that but not normally a problem with pools yes yep the big thing is in my opinion just make sure the water is as always properly balanced but then thoroughly sanitized i don't think you can actually go too far with sanitizing after something's been dead in the water yeah the uh, uh liquid feces approach is best for that yes we get a lot of customers with dogs. They love letting their dog go for a swim. Uh, worked on a pool, replaced all the equipment on a pool just a few weeks ago. And they've got this beautiful old dog, but really old, crippled with arthritis. And it just loves getting in the water and taking the weight off. Uh, others like to tear around and do all sorts of stuff. But uh, with them too, there's a few things that I also always tell my my customers Um that they should do with their dog before it jumps in. And um, hopefully you can share a bit more from your experience on it. Uh, first of all is knowing the effects dogs can have on chemistry. Uh, now, I find when a dog goes into a pool, especially a long-haired dog, uh, obviously a hell of a lot of hair can mat up in the skimmer basket. Yes. Uh, pulled out a skimmer basket the other day, and they said they'd cleaned it every day. You could have just about made a wig from the amount of dog hair in this uh, in this skimmer. Uh, so that's obviously a, a big thing. And, of course, if they can brush the dog before it goes in the pool, it gets rid of a lot of this loose hair and it doesn't end mm. up clogging your, your 
skimmer basket or your pump basket. Um, yeah, the other thing is long-haired dogs especially can carry with them a lot of bacteria, maybe some parasites, fecal matter, anything like that. So that too is something that uh, needs to be considered and is helped by brushing and washing the dog before it goes in. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess it's the same purpose or same principle, sorry, as, um, you know, humans going into a swimming pool or spa. I mean, ideally, we need to have a shower, a rinse prior to getting into any body of water. I don't think there's anybody in the world that really does that. Is there any of you out there that do that? I don't know. Not often. Um, no. So I guess for, for people to do do that to their animals, we'd definitely be asking a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it, it should be done, most definitely. Yeah. But I've heard comparisons anywhere from a dog swimming in a pool uh, is the equivalent of three people. I've heard it's the equivalent of mm. 10 or 20 people. Uh, I've heard that it's the equivalent of 50 people in the pool. I guess it depends on the dog. If you've got some thumping great, you know, small horse-sized dog with long yes. hair, it's going to be a bit more effect than a chihuahua. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And mm. another thing as well, I mean, um, depending on the surface of the swimming pool, you can kind of get away with them going in there with a, a, a plaster, plaster pool, five glass pool, but probably want to avoid it if you have a rubber liner pool. Oh, say. vinyl line pool. Yeah. Big, um, uh, I've, I've seen dog toenails uh, mm. scratch that. I've also with dog toenails in a pool, seen them get a bit excited and scratch people who are swimming with them. Right. Okay. Uh, so. Dangerous. Yeah, give the dog a, a pedicure and brush its hair. Send it to the salon before uh, throwing it in the pool, <laughs> eh? Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, I've also noticed pH can uh, can increase. Yes. Uh, and you made me aware of phosphates increasing, where I we have a lot of phosphates in a lot of pools here. It's an ongoing mm -hmm. problem. So I hadn't made that correlation. Uh, so that would be things like dirt, dead skin, body oils, things like that, I would imagine. Mm. So that's a um, uh, a big thing. Yep. Are you a um, are you a dog lover yourself, Peter? I most dogs, yes. There's a couple of them out there that I don't get along with. Those dogs don't get along with anyone. But mm. yeah, I, I love dogs. Um, I'm kind of on the cusp of my dog person or a cat person. Um, Right, I do okay, like a yes. dog, but they do need a fair bit of attention, whereas cats are just, screw you, buddy. I'll do my own thing. And <laughs> that suits me so coming easier. home from the end of a day at work. Hey? So much easier. Yeah. If you've got a dog that likes to jump in the pool, mm. I would be very cautious about using a floating pool cover, like a, a bubble blanket. Yes. Uh, because if the dog jumps on and slips down the side of it, same as a person, uh, or if they jump on it, and the weight of the dog pulls, starts pulling the blanket under, mm. that can uh, end up as a very, very bad day for Fido. Yeah, definitely. Yes. There's, um, there was a couple of clients I went to last year and they had, this was a new pool build <clears throat> and they had the automatic rolling covers, um, the slatted ones, if you've seen the ones. With yeah, Absolutely press a button and it rolls out and um 
one of the clients told me that it's actually that they're a pretty good safety feature because they can his specific one can hold up to 70 kilos, seven zero yep. kilos in weight. So I guess a cover like that, if you do have animals running around, would be perfect. Yeah, really expensive here. Mm. Massively expensive. Really? Uh, Oh, uh, last time I had a customer inquire uh, some years ago, uh, it was up well over the $10,000 mark. Right, okay. Yep. I think it was closer to fifteen, and that was a long time ago, so now I'd, I'd be scared to think. Maybe someone in the Australian or New Zealand industry who does that can uh, send in a suggestion of what they, they cost, obviously depending on the size mm. of pull. That wasn't a particularly big pull. Yep, yep. Definitely rinse rinse them afterwards. Yes. If you're not going to bathe them before, you know, definitely give them a little bit of a bath or a rinse afterwards, especially if you've got a salt pool, I would suggest. Don't know if the salt would do a lot, but... Uh, no? I, I simply don't know. If there are any vets listening, please <laughs> comment. <laughs> <laughs> um. But the big thing is then afterwards, make sure that pool gets cleaned up of any dog hair, uh, anything else, any dog chew toys. Mm. Good idea to get those out because you don't know if there's bacteria inside them. Yes. Uh, some of them can turn pretty manky. Uh, I would be cautious about letting uh, letting my dog have toys in the pool uh, if I had a dog. Uh, the kids are pestering me to get one, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I've told them that if we do get a dog, I'm not going to be walking it or feeding it or cleaning up after it or doing the late night vet uh, runs to the vet surgeon. Uh, so you can guarantee if we get one, I'll be doing every single one of those things. Yes. Uh, guaranteed. Yep. Uh, but after the dog's been in, also, yeah, as I say, take care of the pools, clean any hair, dog toys, uh, check your levels, check your pH, chlorine, check your phosphates. Yep. Uh Basically, give it a chemical service. Yes. Uh, and, of course, it may be necessary to clean the filter. It reminds me, I've got one customer with a cartridge filter and a couple of dogs. Uh, they're quite long-haired German shepherds. Mm -hmm. And when these two go in the pool, cleaning that filter is an absolute nightmare. And uh, it's amazing how much hair they can leave in the pool. Yes. Yep. Yeah, but, we've got a couple of ourselves, um, yeah, German Shepherds. This one always likes, you know, trying to get into the pool area when I'm there cleaning the swimming pool. As soon as it's in, you know, jumping down on the first step, It's this time of year it's cooling itself down. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating, you know, especially a dog that has that amount of fur and hair. Mm. You know, you can just see the, the amount of you know, the amount that's going to come and get blocked up in that skimmer basket, it's um, it's unbelievable. See, I have a policy with my customers. I insist that any pets, especially mm. dogs, aren't allowed in the area while I'm working on the pool. Yes. And the reason for that is, first and foremost, if that dog decides it wants to sniff the chemicals that I'm using, mm. that can be very dangerous. If it decides yeah. to come and sniff, you know, put its nose too close to some hydrochloric acid, for example, mm. that's that's very dangerous for the animal. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, also, you don't want it knocking things over. Or uh, I, <laughs> funny story, I had a customer some time ago where they had a Great Dane, and it was a fully grown Great Dane, so enormous dog, but it behaved mm. like a puppy, and it bounced around everywhere. And I was getting a water sample for testing from the pool. So I was crouched down next to the pool. This thing ran into me. I had no chance. I got very, very well. I was completely in that pool. And um, the customer thought it was funny. And, uh, yeah, hadn't been to that pool since. <laughs> I told them they could find someone else. Oh, yes. Uh, the dog. Mm. So I think that's most of the points with dogs in pools. Mm -hmm. So I hope that uh, you never have to face too many dead animals in pools. I hope that uh, yes. if you do have a dog and you do let it in the pool, uh, I hope you have a lot of fun with it and keep safe with it. And um, I hope that if you have supervision as well and supervision. Supervision. <clears throat> that's, yep. that's a big one. And yes. keep it fun, keep it safe, and uh, keep your customers' dogs the hell away from a pool you're working on. <laughs> We'll talk next week. Very good, Peter. Thank you very much. It's been, it's been good today. Yes, thank you. And, uh, yeah, talk soon. Cool. Enjoy right. the rest of the week. Bye-bye. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 